This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native, Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Robinson, and Robinson will jump out of bounds, but did he step out before the yardage for the first down? It looks like he did at the 20-yard line, and it's fourth and one. Now fourth and one. So not only are you down four with 16 seconds to go, you've got a converter. It's over. Trubisky will hand it to Montgomery. Montgomery to the 20, inside the 20. Timeout is going to be used by the Bears. I'm not sure he got the first down anyway. Oh, he did not. He did not get the first down. Kevin Burkhart, the highlight there. Chris Spielman, Kevin Burkhart on Fox. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffiths on the Bears Miller Lite postgame show here on ESPN 1000. And David Montgomery, that was the play that sealed the game there. Unable to get the first down after Allen Robinson steps out of bounds. The highlight you heard prior to that play, that is going to be our Harry's Razors Bears postgame close call. And it was certainly a close call, but it was not good for the Bears. That is brought to you by Harry's Razors, created to be a little bit different, honestly priced, and made with integrity. Go see for yourself at harrys.com. Great razors, and and as I always say, it's not just the razors. Check out the post-shave balm, which I also am a big fan of. All right, Howard, it was uh, a disaster on all fronts. And the Bears head coach met the media via Zoom shortly ago. And uh, this is what he had to say. All right. Well, um, you know, to start, obviously, it's a pretty difficult, you know, when you get into um, that style of game and to, to lose like that. Um, uh, you know, I, I again, with, with our, our guys, um, it's never fun being in that locker room and, and you know, after after these losses. But just letting them know that, that uh, you know, that there's, a, there's stories in life, man, and we got to uh, just understand where this is at and, there's not a lot of words that can be said. We have to do it with our actions. And so the guys are, you know, we're all obviously disappointed, and that, that's a tough one. Matt, on the uh, strip sack there, second to last drive, I'm curious, your, your decision-making process to throw it there, uh, your communication before that play, and then what you saw unfold. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, third and four, and we have to, you know, we're backed up where we don't really have the field position. So, um, we have to get a first down. We have to make them use their timeouts. And, uh, you know, we, we ran a play that's a good versus all coverages. You know, it, it's if they show man, great. It has answers versus zero. And then if they play zone, we got answers there as well. So we felt good with, with that. Um, and it's just a play, at least what I saw from the Jumbotron afterwards, is kid made a good play around the edge and was able to swipe his arm out and make a play. I'd have to go back and see, you know, as far as the pushing up in the pocket and, 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 and you know, other guys within the route and where that was. But we, we had to stay aggressive there and, and get first downs to make them use their timeouts and try to end, the, end with the football and win the game. Is there anything you say on the headset before that play goes off? No, no. I think uh, the biggest thing is just let, he, it, that's a, that play for us is a, uh, you know, it's day one training camp and it's something that, that all those guys know inside out. 
Matt, we heard you guys use the word embarrassing a lot after the, the game last Sunday. I guess, what does this feel like? What does a loss like this now feel like, a, you know, six in a row coming off the, the last one? Yeah, um, this one, just the way the way it ended. I mean, we've been on the other end of so many of these, and, and now to have a lead like this and, and lose this way, um, you know, it stings. It, 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 it hurts. They all, they all sting. They all hurt. Uh, and I think you could feel – the, the excitement on the sideline for our guys to come out and, and, you know, have that energy and be able to, to put points up on the board. I thought our, our you know, our guys, we did that at, at, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I felt like we were getting first downs and we were moving the sticks and then we were getting, you know, we were getting touchdowns. And, and so um, that part was good. And, and it's a, you know, it, there, we knew there's going to be games like this where we got to score points, but it's certainly one that, that hurts. And, uh, that's stating the obvious. Matt, why is this team falling apart the last two seasons? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think that uh, for us, all I know about is, is, you know, who our players are as, as people and how they handle this stuff. And it's not because of a want, I know that, you know, and so this is difficult, man. This is the life in sports and, and uh, it's not easy. It's not, it's not fun when you lose. Uh, and, you know, the only thing you can do is, is continue to support each other, um, you know, just just fight for one another and understand that it's not because of lack of trying. Matt, you said before that you understand that questions about your job status is part of the deal here. With another loss, what are your feelings about that? Are you worried for your job? Again, I, I don't get into any speculation on any of that. I just – my job – what my job is to do is, is to make sure that each and every week uh, I'm giving it everything I can – as a coach and as a leader, you know, with these guys. So I have to make sure that uh, I do that. And any other thing that's a distraction, that would be taken away from our team. And and that would be not good for, for me or them. And I just – so I don't even get into that. Uh, Matt, your defense gave up 460 yards. Uh, are you surprised, stunned, disappointed? What's the emotion that explains your response to that performance? Well, you know, we, we're, we're – playing a, a good offense and a good quarterback. And, um, but I'll have to go back and watch the tape and see exactly where that was. I thought early on uh, what it felt like for me was just see, you saw, I don't know what, three or four third and 10 pluses that they converted. I thought that was big there with, with, with some of those. We got them into where we wanted them with third down, but we weren't able to get off the field with those third down conversions. So that right there is when you look back and see that. And then, you know, the, the, the one drive, um, where we had them, I think they were at the minus four yard line uh, towards the end of the game, and, and they they went down there and scored right before the two minute. That's the one probably that our that, you know we'll look back at and say, man, you know, being able to get them to take more time off the clock and or you know hold them to at least minimum a field goal. But um, you know, I, I just I have a lot of a lot of um, belief in these guys. I love these guys to death, and, and regardless of the side of the ball. That's where I'm at with them, and they, they know that, and that's, that's, that's where this is right now, you know. Hey, Matt, I, I know you, you said you want to be able to watch the tape to see some of the things on defense, but how do you account for the pass rush you know, failing to get home uh, in, in so many games this season with, with, with some high-dollar guys for you lining up up front there? Yeah, I know, I know uh, you know, when I say going back to watch the tape, a lot of that is to see, you know, you go back and you watch and you say, okay, are we winning our one-on-one battles? And, and so, cause teams are going to scheme, they're going to have stuff with, with, with uh, Khalil and with, with 96, with Akeem where they're making different, uh, 
uh, you know, jet protection chips and that sort of thing, helping guys out. So I like to see, I go back and watch, okay, are we, are we using more coverage, enabling our guys to win their one-on-ones? And then if we are, are we winning our one-on-ones? If we're not winning our one-on-ones, why is it? And then, you know, do we need to create some or manipulate some with blitzes and fire zones and cover zero, stuff like that. So um, that's where it's it's hard from the sideline in the game to see that part of it. And that's that's what I go back and watch and get a feel for uh, is, is how that works together with the coverage. A couple more for Coach. We're going to go Jeff Dickerson. So, Matt, you know, you, you do have four games left. So how, how do you salvage these final four games so it doesn't just become – a nonstop narrative of, is this guy going to get fired? Is this guy going to get fired? How do you salvage these last four weeks, which still are an opportunity that's in front of you guys? Yeah, is doing just that. I mean, we talked all week. Uh, we talked all week about going 1-0 and 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 finishing. We talked about both of those things. And, you know, we didn't do that. So um, for us, again, this this you have to look at it as a as a week by week deal for our team and where we're at and controlling what we can control. So the only thing that I can control right now for for me is making sure that these guys understand um, the fight and they know the care and and where all that stuff's at. And then we all each got to do our part. You know, it can't just be one person. We all got to do it together. And uh, you can't worry about that other stuff. You can you got to worry about what's in front of you. And uh, is this right now a difficult time? You're damn right it is. You know, it really is. It, it's hard. It, challenge, it challenges you in a lot of different ways. And that's just being as real as I can be. You know, you, you, uh, it's, it's hard. But this is also why we're in the positions that we're in, is to be able to let these guys see the authenticity of, of your belief and trust in them. And I think the easy way out is, is for, you know, people in different positions like myself as a head coach is just to chalk it up and say, man, this is, it just wasn't our year, but that'll never happen with me and, and our guys. And, and they, they, they feed, they feed off of, of that. And that's all we can do. So um, the belief, the trust, and that um, we're going to, we have to finish strong and just understand that that's what we have left. That's what's been given to us. So that's what we got to do. It's too bad. Matt Nagy is a nice guy, but he really doesn't have, the answers is this team is clearly in free fall, having lost six straight. They lose to the Lions 34 to 30 today at home. They're now five and seven on the year. And you listen to him and he sounds defeated. He's talking about how they preached all week about going one and oh and finishing. And they could do neither, obviously. And you know, it's I think it's an, an indictment, Howard, when you go back to Monday and I was I didn't like his approach that he decided on Monday to come out and really call out his team Mm -hmm. publicly. I didn't like it because I I thought if you're going to make that move, do it Sunday night when the emotion is there. I know he he always falls back on. He doesn't want it like, yeah. And you, and you said you like, you can appreciate a coach who's not going to bus toss players without, you know, first of all, he, he generally doesn't throw anyone under the bus, but, he, he, he always falls back on, I want to see the tape. I don't want to make any split decisions. But the problem is now, you can say, listen, he called out his defense, and he waited until the week that the Lions were at on the schedule coming to Soldier Field, and they had just fired their head coach. I mean, it mm-hmm. was set up. That, that, that was a situation where 
you know, you go through the coaching playbook 101 and it is wait until you have a very winnable game at home on your schedule until you pull mm-hmm. out the rah-rah speech, the I need to light a fire under my team's uh-huh. ass. And he, he, he waited until the Lions were on the schedule. And now today you hear him admit that they focused on being 1-0 and and closing and neither happened. And I'm sorry, that in, in a lot of ways, that's an indictment of you as a head coach. Absolutely it is. And, and the, what sticks out to me is that now you want to talk about being 1-0. and That's not something you decide in the middle of the season you want to do, your approach. That's an approach you take at the beginning of the year, right? And, and that's mm-hmm. where you talk about this is what we're doing. We're focused, 1-0, 1-0. No matter what happens, that's, it's 1-0. It's not about the, the previous victories or the previous losses. But you can't do that. You can't change things up. In, in, in midseason and in, in try to all of a sudden now you're going to go in a different direction. And you're right. It is absolutely an indictment on his leadership as far as trying to motivate this team. He had the opportunity to motivate him. He thought he would be able to do it and it didn't work out. So you only get one chance to do that. That's yep. all you get before the guys in the locker room are like, this isn't working. Yeah. He did all of this. He called us out. He did this. Ass. This this isn't the way we're gonna go. So then what yeah. happens? You start having you start having management start to move through the locker room if they haven't already, and they start asking questions about what do you think about this, what do you think about that? And it never works out well. Never works out yeah. well for the coach that attempts to do something like this and it doesn't work. So he's finding himself in a very tough decision. And I also understand what well, he can't he can't address whether or not what his you know his uh, job security is. Because he doesn't know, right? So the only thing he can say is, I'm just going to keep working, keep trying to motivate the guys and get them going. But the reality is, I don't think he can get them going anymore. I think this thing is over. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, you look, again, six straight losses. You're now five and seven. It's really hard to even fold yourself into the idea of slipping into the playoffs at this point. They've got the Texans next, next week coming to Soldier Field. Then they go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. They then have the Jaguars on the on the roster where they head to Jacksonville. That's a very winnable game because you would have to imagine Jacksonville's really not looking to win games at this point. And then they conclude at home against the Packers. So, you know, you look at the schedule and I'm sorry, but there's three games where I, I think I would, if I'm picking games here, I'm picking the opposition in three of those four games. And even the, and, and honestly, the Texans are really not that good of a football team, but mm-hmm. they've, they've played better since the firing of Bill O'Brien, even though they lost today. Uh, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, a fun close to the season by any means. Along with Howard Griffith, I'm Jeff Miller, the Bears postgame show presented by Miller Lights, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Paul, Mike, Dan, Steven, I see you guys. And the rest of you calls, don't worry, we will get to you. And we've also got Jeff Dickerson coming up at 4.30 as well. The ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Miller Lite postgame show here on ESPN 1000 as we are every two hours 
after a Bears game. We will be doing that for basically the same time every Sunday going forward as the final four games of the Bears season are all noon kicks. So we will be with you going forward right around this time for the next four weeks. So make sure you make it appointment listening if you want to participate. 312-332-3776. I am Jeff Meller along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. We're taking your phone calls and reaction to the Bears' sixth straight loss on the season as they drop a brutal game to the Lions, 34-30. to They blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, the first time the Lions have come back from a 10-point deficit in the fourth since 2014 uh, under their interim head coach, Daryl Bevel. Ugh, just a debacle. Let's start with uh, Mike, who's in East Chicago. Mike, you're on with Howard Griffith. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Well, a couple of things. Um, first, um, you know, if you want change, you need these kind of public debacles at home in order to get some sort of change. I kind of feel bad for, uh, for Nagy a little bit because, again, when he came here, this wasn't the quarterback he wanted. And, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't even want to interview Deshaun Watson, so they got rid of John Fox. But moving, you know, kind of just moving forward, I'm the guy that calls in every week that says, "Hey, you want uh, you, you want Lewis Riddick, you want Eric Bieniemy, and you may even want to call Ozzie Newsom to be your president of operations." Now, these things will never happen. We all know, but if you want something to change, you may have to just go something that drastic and give these give some new blood a chance to to you know to see what happens. So, hey, Mike, thanks for the call. And I know everybody's on the Lewis Riddick bandwagon. And everybody's talking about, you know, what he can do and because he does a great job on television. And I'm not saying that he can't do a great job here. But if you're looking for a general manager, Rick Smith would be the guy that you need to hire here in Chicago. He built the Houston Texans, has a great background in the college game and also uh, college scouting and pro scouting. If you want to turn the franchise around, that's the guy you go hire. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. That's the name that uh, we broached last week, and uh, that's definitely something very intriguing to me, Howard. I would not at all mind to see how uh, Rick Smith brought in to try and turn this franchise a lot around. Let's try Dan, who is in New York. Hey, Dan, you're on the post game show. Hey, what's up, guys? I just I, you asked earlier, you know, to call in if uh, you know he, he, I think or everybody should think uh, if uh, Nagy should be fired, and absolutely. I mean, it's enough. It's enough. He's developed nobody. I mean, who knows? I mean, Trubisky, he's, he's been worse. He's been awful. Everybody has been awful. Nobody has been any good. He develops nobody. But that's, I mean, I don't really have that much to say, but it's just, it's just, it's enough already. Hang in there, Dan. Hang in there. I mean, I know it's frustrating, but hang in there. Yeah, poor Dan. You can, you can hear the, uh, the frustration and uh, the defeated attitude that he has. And I think we all kind of feel that way. This, this one was, again, uh, I was prepared to start the show because I expected that, you know, about seven minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, I expected that the Bears were going to sneak away with a victory. And I was going to give them a little bit of credit and say, hey, they gave you a professional game plan at least. They, 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 they did some things in the run game that were encouraging, even though it was against a defense that really – has been a sieve all year long, but I was still going to give them credit for doing the things that were obvious. And yet it, you know, they, even when they do some good things, you know, the competent things that you expect from a, a, you know, a real professional coaching staff, they go and undo it completely 
by letting you know the fourth quarter become an absolute train wreck and and it, it you know i started the show almost speechless and you know i think howard was there with me it was hard to wrap our heads around the fact that they actually blew this game a game that you know i again i i was always going to offer the caveat hey this is just the lions let's not get too excited and and and, and if that's the way i was going to approach it during a win all i can say is that that makes that compounds this loss all the all the more, you know? Yeah, it's, it's difficult because I was in the same mode. Okay, they made plays, but this Detroit team was missing players and they're not very good, and I was preparing for that. And then we get this. So yeah, it is frustrating. It really is. And, you know, the ineptitude of this team and, you know, the coaching staff and, and management is is really been frustrating. And I know just can imagine just how frustrated fans are that don't want to have anything to do with it and can't understand why it can't get turned around. And I guess I'll follow this up. I'll ask the uh, listeners out there, Bears fans, when this unfolds the way, I'll give you the silver lining. Listen, you know, some people have made the case and there's been people out there who've said, you know what, Matt Nagy may return and Ryan Pace may be let go. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that that was the greatest approach to begin with, to have, uh, you know, to bring in a new GM to oversee your franchise and then saddle him with a coach who wasn't his choice. I don't think that's always the best direction either because you maybe want to save a little bit of money on the coach on the back end of a coach's deal. But maybe this maybe Bears fans can take solace in the fact that, you know, I don't know how the Bears continue to scuffle along this year and bring back, you know, it seems like I mean, I don't know it for a fact, but it really seems like Ryan Pace is fait accompli here. And, you know, the way the these last games are going now. I don't know how Matt Nagy can really make any type of viable argument. So maybe the silver lining is that you're going to get a complete house cleaning and um, maybe that will actually lead the bears to the right direction. Uh, Let's try Paul. Who's in Rancho Cucamongo. Hey, Paul. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, First of all, Howard, I want to say it's a thrill talking with you, man. I uh, attended school at the university of Northern Colorado Okay. I became a Broncos fan, and I want to say thanks for the two Super Bowls that you brought to Broncos fans. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I I had an opportunity to meet some of your teammates, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I want to know, why wouldn't the Bears, first of all, call a quarterback sneak with the yard to go with Trubinsky? Secondly, Howard, what has happened to teams not drafting fullbacks (laughs) <laughs> and putting them in the backfield to block for their halfbacks. You blocked for Terrell Davis. Um, Roger Craig had a guy blocking for him. I can't recall his name, but Tom why haven't teams gone that route? Why have they gone away from that? Well, I, I'll say this, and this, and, and thanks for the call, Paul. Um, you know, it's been the evolution of, of what offenses have come to now. And you only need to look at the high school and the college game. This over the last couple of years, this is probably the first time you've seen the the, the transition from pro pro organizations taking what was coming or what was do- going on at the college game. Normally, it was the pro game trickling down to the college game. It's not that way anymore. Uh, offensive coordinators want to do their best to spread the field horizontally and also vertically, and that means putting defensive players in conflict. So that's where the evolution of the game has gone. But 
you still have teams out there. You mm -hmm. think of a healthy 49ers team Yep, um, that will, you know, deploy a fullback. But so many times people, when it comes down to roster management, they say, well, we can take our third tight end or our, our top tight end and we can teach him how to be a run blocker. And the reality is that doesn't really work well. And it's just something to do. But I think teams don't feel that they're getting enough out of that position from an offensive standpoint to warrant uh, giving up a roster spot there as opposed to maybe giving it to a secondary player or a wide receiver that can help you on special teams. It's funny because you read my mind, Howard, as you were laying out that in our caller asked about why we don't see fullbacks in the NFL there. You know, not I don't know. I'd have to look through them. But, you know, I'd say probably less than half the NFL have an actual full-time fullback on their roster these Absolutely. days. Absolutely, yeah. And it, but, but, but. The caveat is you brought up the 49ers, you know, Kyle Shanahan personally, and he, and, and I say this all the time, Kyle is my, I, I have so much adoration for the game plan that he puts in. And when you watch a 49ers game, you know, that you know, all the misdirection that's coming off of everything, every formation they have out there and that he made um, both he and, uh, and John Lynch made Kyle, you a priority yeah. free agent when Kyle Shanahan was brought in to be the head coach of that team. And, you know, even though he's dealing with, they've been ravaged by injuries and, you know, they were in the, in the Super Bowl last season right. and they were really, they were on the cusp of potentially beating the chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's really the last time it feels like the chiefs were really, you know, threatened. Um, you know, Kyle, you he, they paid him a pretty good, you know, a pretty good contract to come in and be their fullback. And it does show that if done correctly, there still is certainly room for a fullback in football, whether people want to buy it or not. Yeah, and I think you're right. But, but I think also what it speaks to, it speaks to a general manager and a head coach being on the same page. And that is what has to happen at the professional level. You need to have trust that the guy down the hall is going to give you the right people for the four the, the game plan and the, the um, what you want to execute, what you want your organization to look like as a head coach. And if there is any, if there's any difference there, it's going to show itself when the team isn't playing well. And, and I, I know people want to you know, talk about Ryan Pace and they want to talk about Nagy, but, and I mentioned this earlier in the year, those two aren't on the same page. They're, they're two different game plans because they like two different, styles of probably of the players that are on this roster because that's all you need to do. You look at the offensive line and it does not fit. It doesn't fit what Matt Nagy was ultimately trying to do. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000. Up next, we'll check in with the man who was there to see it firsthand. Jeff Dickerson joins us next. Howard Griffith. Jeff Meller, more post-game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post-game show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Fall is here, folks, and you know what that means. Chores, raking leaves, cleaning gutters, so much fun. Nah, get you the rake. Sundays are for football and Miller Lights. Check out some of the best football bars on the southwest side tonight. The Sock Bar and Grill in Hickory Hills, The Hideout in Midlothian, and J.W. Holstein Saloon in Tinley Park. Grab, pick up, or stay for some outdoor dining. 
Support local with a great meal and ice cold Miller Lite. Go to bestfootballbars.com to for more info. Bear, Bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think that uh, for us, all I know about is, is you know, who our players are as as people and how they handle this stuff. And it's not because of a want. I know that, you know, and so it's just difficult, man. This is the life in sports and, and uh, it's not easy. It's not, it's not fun when you lose. Uh, and, you know, the only thing you can do is, is continue to support each other. Um, you know, just, just fight for one another and understand that it's not because of lack of trying. It's not the effort, but um, all the support in the world won't make the fan base forget that you've now lost six straight after starting the season five and one. The Bears fall to five and seven on the season after dropping a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter to the Lions. They lose 34 to 30, the first time the Lions have come back from a 10 point deficit since 2014. And they did so. Under their interim head coach, Daryl Bevel's first game. What an absolute disaster. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. It's our opportunity now to welcome in Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears for ESPN.com and ESPN 1000. J.D., give us your thoughts on what you saw unfold today at Soldier Field. Because when you say absolute disaster, Jeff, there's no one you think of more than me. Joining you here on the show, Sadly, Howard, Jeff. This was an all-timer. I mean, this was this was almost like um, I couldn't believe I was watching it unfold in real time. I realized that they had to get so they had to get a couple first downs there, and to hear Nagy explain the play they called and why Mitch was throwing back in the pocket that deep in his own territory, it does make sense. But to me, there's 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 two real there's two real kickers here. I mean, real kicks in the you-know-whats. It's one, you know, uh, the offense, for the most part, had a pretty good game today. I mean, considering where they came from, what they had done this year, the Lions made them look good, which is very hard to do. I thought the Bears had good tempo. Uh, Trubisky was moving the ball around well. Uh, Montgomery ran fine. Patterson ran okay. You know, you had some good creative play calls, smart play calls. And then Trubisky, who again against the Lions until the end, has a very efficient game. He looks very confident back there. He was moving the ball around to six or seven different guys. You saw Cole Komet get a touchdown. Trubisky came up with some big plays, but then for that to happen in that time, boy, if that doesn't sum up the uh, 2020 Chicago Bears, I, I don't know. I don't know what does. I mean, guys, this is. Uh, this is real dangerous territory now because you've lost six straight. Now you're five and seven. Now you have to win out just to have a chance, really, to make the playoffs. And after this went the way it went uh, today, I can't imagine there's going to be great energy in the building next week, no matter how hard the coaching staff and the players try to, to fight through it. So this was, uh, this was just unbelievable. And um, 
losses like this typically are are very tough for uh, organizations to overcome. And I imagine uh, this will be the same case here with this one. Yeah, very tough to overcome. But do you think even if you were to back your way into the playoffs, that this would in any way uh, you know, bring some value to the season? Uh, well, I am, you know, Howard, I wasn't like a young Howard Griffith, you know, winning Super Bowls <laughs> left and right with the Denver Broncos, you know, <laughs> tasting all this postseason success with John Elway and, and Mike Shanahan. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just little old Jeff Dickerson who's been covering the team for a long time and has only been to the playoffs, like I think like four or five times total. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, I personally would find immense value in a playoff game because we don't get many of those here in Chicago. Now, is that going to like change what needs to happen after the season? I don't think so. But if the, if the alternatives are, the two choices are, hey, go down this path and back into a playoff spot, even if you stink and you'll lose in the first round and you'll be 8-8 eight and eight or whatever, or go down this other road here, road B, and finish 5-11, and 11, I would much rather see them – get to the playoffs and, and show something here the last couple of weeks because um, playoff appearances just aren't that common. And, you know, if they were to make it, which I don't think there's any chance they would now, but if they were to make it, it would be two or three years under Nagy. And that's like almost unheard of. That's like, he's like George Hallis in that regard. Mike Ditka, as far as, you know, playoff mm-hmm. appearances that early in his, uh, in his tenure. So, uh, and even earlier, Ditka didn't make the playoffs for a couple of years. Um, so, Howard, personally, man, I'd rather them see. I'd rather see them go to the playoffs. But I, I say that acknowledging that the changes are going to have to be made this off season. There's a lot of them, and I'm not sure what's going to happen exactly. But I, I don't think that the playoffs would preclude any of that happening. Hmm. Jeff Dick Dickerson joining us here on the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show. All of JD's hits are brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Jeff, we played the Nagy press conference, which you attended, of course, in Zoom. And, you know, the one thing that struck me is, you know, he, look, he's, he's a nice guy. I don't think anybody can deny that. But you really feel for him oh, because, yeah. he, he, you know, you, he, you see him kind of searching. And I understand it because I think both Howard and I have admitted that we came on the air and were at a loss. And I feel like I've maybe done a poor job of analysis because it, it really was such a debacle the way it unfolded because I was ready to say, you know what? They gave you a professional performance. Sure. It was the lions, but they came out, they ran the ball well effectively and you know, they did what they had to do. And so I was, I was all prepared to give them some credit for once for doing, you know, the basic things that you expect from a professional coaching staff, but then for it to be, to, to come completely undone, in that fourth quarter, all the good work that you did, you know, it, it just becomes an afterthought because of the farce that is the game at our, at, you know, for us to break down here. So I guess I'm wondering, you know, when the one thing that struck me is he, he mentioned, you know, they harped on going one and oh and closing. And he, 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 he comes out and he says that in the press conference. And I think to myself, Matt, what are you doing? That's fine. You, if that's what you harp them behind closed doors, fine. But in some ways, you're indicting yourself as a head coach when you're admitting that, and then what exactly what unfolded happens. Well, you know, Jeff, I, I, I'm with you on everything you said, really, about, look, how do you, when you crush a coach, and Howard knows this better than anybody, but, like, 
when a coach really, I think, is vulnerable to criticism is when it's obvious that a team is not prepared to play. Like a team comes out flat. You know, there's no energy. There's no purpose. Execution's poor early on. It's sloppy. I think that's a direct reflection on a head coach. That's how I feel. I don't think the Bears' offense came out sloppy at all today. They, in fact, they came out they came out ready to play. Now, is that now? You, you can't absolve of anyone of the defeat. But I mean, Matt Nagy's job was to get these guys prepared to play. Bill Lazor, I thought again for the most part till the end, um, it got bogged down in the second half. But I didn't think the offensive game plan was terrible. You know, if you're Matt Nagy, guys, you're sitting there. I mean, you're watching your life flash before your eyes as this quarterback who is just, you know, he will, you know, he's still there. He he gets he gets stripped in the in the pocket. I mean, is that on Matt Nagy? I don't I don't think so. But he takes the blame regardless. It's it's just very unfortunate. Like this really was a game that they should not have lost. You know, because I think the way that it ended really obscures some of the, the good stuff that was out there today. Um, but you just can't, you can't focus on that now. I mean, gosh, they were five and one and now they're five and seven. And this whole thing looks like it's about to get, you know, blown up here. Um, it's really, it's really unfortunate. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, part of you should feel a little bit, you know, for Nagy and the coaching staff in the regard that it certainly seemed like they had these guys prepared to play. The players were up for it. They did not come out here going through the motions today. They wanted to go. They wanted to win. They wanted to close strong. And, and for obvious reasons, that's not happening. How about Allen Robinson in the play where he steps out right before uh, he's able to pick up the first down? Uh, any thoughts yeah. there? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good move there. Uh, you know, it's funny how he, he did that. And I'm like, well, at least Trubisky didn't step out. He threw it away that one time <laughs> when he was, when he was flushed to the sidelines, uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be, there's, 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 there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. There's, you know, that, that, that happens. I mean, I thought Allen Robinson for the most part today was, did a great job. He got open. Yeah. Uh, he was over the middle. Trubisky delivered the ball to him. You know, again, it's just, it's so, it's so un- unfortunate that this game is for Trubisky is just going to be defined by that fumble because he really was pretty accurate. He made pretty good decisions. There was one or two that were like, oh, you know, pulling it up there, one in the end zone in particular. You're like, oh, how's this going to go? But um, yeah, I-, I don't know, Howard. I mean, you know, Howard, when you're, when you lose six straight, you do things that are, you know, kind of like uh, reflective or indicative of a team that loses six straight yeah. and stepping out of bounds, unfortunately, is just one of them. Well, JD, we will do it again next week and we will be listening we to all to. your hits. Are, are you sure? Are our contracts valid still? Does the <laughs> well, team yes. losing streak um, nullify? No, I'm kidding. No, I just, it, it's, it's sad. This is a, this is a real, this is a real unfortunate one because they did what they needed to do offensively to win and yet at the end of the day the offense betrays them and they turn the ball over and that's it and by the way we haven't talked about the defense i know you guys are trying to go here i'm not trying to overstay my welcome but you know listen that defense was not good again today and yeah. you know i thought they would have responded a lot better after what Nagy said about them which was right on after green bay matthew stafford can't throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns that was not a good showing defensively whatsoever by the Bears. And that should not be lost in all the panic about the offense in Trubisky. Well, J.D., don't, 
Don't worry. I know you were covering the game, so I'm not sure. You probably didn't have much access to the game broadcast, but Laura Oakman informed us at half uh, after halftime that uh, never fear, Josh Woods was pissed off about Matt Nagy. The defense was pissed off, <laughs> and they were coming to play. So uh, Josh Woods is not taking this sleeping. Uh, he's not, he's not <laughs> taking this sitting, sitting <laughs> wait, down. Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. What now? Josh Woods was upset about? <laughs> That's right. Well, 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 Laura Oakman um, in game. Mid third quarter, uh, they okay. went to her for her sideline report, and she mentioned how Josh Woods had commented that they the defense was not upset with Matt Nagy's comments. In fact, they were. Oh yeah, not upset. Take, no, they no, were no, taking, no, 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 no. But no. but 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 Josh Woods used the phrase they were pissed off about their play and they were going to come to play. Oh yeah, and then that's and fine. Then short- yes, that that is that is very good. By the way, Josh Woods, tremendous dancer, might have <laughs> the best moves. Of anyone in that locker room, that is a story for a happier postgame show, oh, which gosh. we hope won't be until 2021, 2022. Yeah, I, but well, he is a great listen, dancer. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the uh, schedule for the Jacksonville game. We will uh, after post game after the Jacksonville game. We will go ahead and uh, dissect Josh Woods' dancing. You, the guy, the guy oh. he's a better dancer than Tariq Cohn. The guy's got moves. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, leave him laughing. <laughs> Learning a lot oh, about Josh Woods today. Thanks, yeah. J.D. Appreciate it, man. Bye, guys. All right. That's Jeff Dickerson. Again, he covers the Bears for ESPN and ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith. Uh, we're here for about a little less than a half an hour. So if you want to get in 312-332-3776, we'll hear from Mitch Trubisky. And I want to ask Howard, how close are the Bears actually to being a playoff team next season? Do that next. The ESPN 1000 Postgame Show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Postgame Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Trubisky dumps it short. Komet up the sideline. Komet into the end zone. That's a Bears touchdown. And all the way up the top for Cole Komet. So there's a responsibility as Komet is getting ready. Is he going to Wrigley Field? He was a Notre Dame baseball player. Okay, there you go. He was more of a pitcher. He had eight saves. (laughs) They let him hit at Notre Dame. Sunday, bloody Sunday. The sixth. Bloody Sunday for the Bears in a row as they lose their sixth straight to the Detroit Lions today, 34-30, to blowing a 10-point lead. That touchdown by Cole Komet actually gave the Bears a 30-20 to lead. They would go on to blow that 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. The Lions come back, and what an absolute disaster as Mitch Trubisky fumbles the ball inside the Bears' red zone, and that sets the Lions up for a go-ahead and eventual game-winning touchdown by Adrian Peterson to close it out after Marvin Jones had scored a fourth-quarter touchdown of his own about 40 seconds prior to that. So, all in all, a pretty big debacle for the Bears at home at Soldier Field today. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith. All right, Howard. Now, the one nice thing, it was good to see Cole Komet get involved he had five catches for 37 yards, and um, our fine producer, Sean Davis, informed me that uh, 
the baseball player from Notre Dame was actually one for th- one for three in his Notre Dame baseball career. So uh, he felt he, his celebration was, I guess, apt. But um, maybe uh, you know, a I guess we'll go with he's a three thirty three career lifetime hitter. Um, but go. nevertheless, it, it was good to see Cole getting get a little more involved in the offense. And I guess the highlight there leads me to the question. How close is this Bears team to being an actual playoff team next season if they make a move in the front office and with the head coach? Well, I think they're close to being a playoff team. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean a lot to me. I think the question is how close are they to, you know, being able to compete for a championship? Mm -hmm. And from that aspect, there are ways from that. And – so much of that has to do with the person that's under center. And I know you can mm. go back in history and see that there's some, some quarterbacks that didn't have to be great. And they, you, know, you could build a team a different way. But if you look at the teams right now that are competing uh, for, you know, conference championships and for the Super Bowl, they have dynamic players at the quarterback position. And the reality is if you don't have that person – if you don't mm-hmm. have those dynamic weapons around that person, you're not in the game. You're not – people are playing a different game. Kansas City is playing a different game than everybody else. Baltimore is playing a different game. You look at uh, Pittsburgh, they're playing a different game, although it's more, it's still more traditional, but they have a, a seasoned signal caller and a defense that can you know, help you make plays, but ultimately an offense that can score points. So I don't think they're far at all to be able to get to the playoffs. But mm-hmm. what does that really mean? You got yeah. to the playoffs, and if you're one and done, it doesn't matter. It is in some ways until you get that spot right in sports, you're always going to be chasing it. And, you know, like we've talked about numerous times this year, you know, you might you might figure it out for one year and, you know, under center for a little bit. But until you have that franchise guy, you're always kind of just, you know, you're you're always – playing from behind in some respects if you don't have that actual franchise quarterback under center for you. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith. Again, we will uh, be here until about 5.15 or so. We'll wrap things up shortly here thereafter. Uh, We do have Notre Dame basketball tonight at 5.30, so make sure you stick around for that. Uh, We do also have Mitch Trubisky, who got a little bit feisty with the media today. We'll let you hear from him in just two short minutes. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller. And two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is the Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. I'm Jeff Miller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith here with you as we are, after every Bears game for two hours, taking your calls, getting instant reaction on what you thought of the Bears game today. Of course, we have the Bears' sixth straight loss of the season as they fall to 5-7, and seven, and 
definitely now on the outside looking in at the playoffs. Mitch Trubisky met the media shortly, and he talked about today's loss. On the strip sack, I'm curious what you were looking for on that play uh, as it came to happen, and then obviously what happened with uh, Aquara coming around the bend there. Yeah, obviously I lost the ball. Um, and I was just talking about this play. So the coaching point is two hands on the ball in the pocket, which I'm always trying to do. I think I was just separating uh, to where I was going to throw. Uh, I saw Anthony Miller over the middle. So I don't know if I was pump faking and clutching it or if I was, if I was going to pull the trigger. Um, and Tom was just running out. He made a good play. Um, credit goes to them. And I just got to take care of the football. I mean, we, gotta, we emphasize that as an offense. Um, but sometimes players make plays, and you got to give them credit for that. But I was trying to take care of the football, and it was just an unfortunate situation. Um, but happens. Mitch, you've been through one coaching change already here in Chicago. Do you think about that at all again with Coach Nagy right now? And if you do, how do you handle that? I'm, I'm taking it one day at a time. That's, that's, that's all we're promised. And my job is to continue to – Make sure this team is sticking together. Make sure these leaders are sticking together. And we'll just continue to uplift, uplift our teammates and, and the people in our building. Um, we're, we're in a tough situation. Obviously, we don't want to be in this situation. Um, but I don't believe negativity um, or holding your head down is, is going to help us get out of this. So you got to believe that we're going to turn around. I think continue to stay positive and just keep, continue to work harder will help us turn around. So that's what I'm focused on and just taking it one day at a time. And then that's it. Mitch, you played virtually a, a mistake-free game until that, you know, that last moment there. How do you, how do you kind of summarize what you did? on the- I thought I went out there. I played efficient today. I thought our offense was efficient today. I thought we did a good job of mixing in the run with the pass, and I thought we were balanced. I thought the O-line did a great job of protecting um, and establishing the run game. I thought our backs ran really hard. David and CP um, ran their tails off. So it is really fun to see. It was fun to watch and, and be a part of. So um, we had one mistake at the end, uh, ball security. So we emphasize that um, and keep working the fundamentals. But that was my goal today, to go out there, play efficient, and try to be mistake-free. And we had one at the end that, that, that hurt us. But um, you gotta. I think we can continue to keep looking at the positives. and uh, We keep making leaps as offense, but we got to continue to – just keep getting better and keep scoring more points. And I think if we continue to play with that efficiency, that good things will happen. you got to believe that. Mitch, why have the fumbles continued to be an issue for you? Why hasn't that gotten fixed? Continue to be an issue. I mean, it was last week and this week. So um, it's I'm, I'm emphasizing ball security in practice. That's something I, I always, um, always do, protecting the ball and the football. I thought the guy made a good play. I, w- I was about to get ready to throw. I had one hand on the football. And he must have timed it perfectly. So I don't think it's an ongoing problem. I think um, you go back and watch the film, and, and sometimes the, the defensive players make good plays. So give them credit and move on. I think we still had a chance to win the game at the end, and, and, and that's all you can ask for. But we gotta we got to play better in all three phases, and we got to always continue to take care of the football. But I'm not, I'm not dwelling on that. Mitch, you've been through a lot this year – what are your emotions like right now after the way that ended? Um, I don't know. I feel kind of um, just mentally hardened throughout this whole process. There's just a lot of ups and downs um, throughout the season and with everything that's happened. And, um, I just feel 
like I'm in control of my emotions and I just want to continue to be positive and um, make sure I'm lifting up my teammates and so we can get this thing going in the right direction. But it obviously hasn't gone our way, but you just look back at the things you can control and that's all I'm trying to do. So um, emotionally, I just I feel stable, I guess. Mitch, on the uh, on the fourth and, and one there at the end of the game, um, obviously David had a great game up to that point. Um, what are you thinking just about that that call and then just kind of the result of all that? Um, obviously, you guys are kind of in a little bit of a rhythm at that point. Yeah, I think we were going down, moving the football. I mean, I'm good with that. If you're telling me it's it's one yard and we're handing the ball to David Montgomery, my money's on him every time and our offensive line. doesn't matter what the situation is. So I think, again, you got to give them credit. Um, they made the play. We didn't. I mean, it's simple as that. But if we were to do it all over again, my, my money would be on David and our offensive line uh, to run that again. So um, credit goes on. Mitch, when you realized that last play was short and, and you guys had been up 10, you know, late into the fourth quarter and you realized that how, was how the day was going to end, how do you describe what that feeling was going back to the sidelines? Um, I think I was just in shock a little bit. Um, I thought we were, we were pretty much in control the whole game and just um, I, I was in shock because I, I felt like we were going to win that one. So we we drove down. We were in control the most of the game and um, they took the, they took the lead late, but I just I just believed that we were going to go down and, and get a score, and we didn't. So I think uh, I think I was just a little little shocked and, and disappointed. Obviously, there you go, Mitch Trubisky. You know what more can he say? I think he uh, I think he took issue with the way the one question was phrased about you know his uh, ball security issues, and I think that was fair. Unfortunately, for I think Mitch's point was fair. Unfortunately for Mitch, he plays well, and the only thing people are really going to remember is the fact that in the biggest moment of the game, he's responsible for a back-breaking turnover that sets the Lions up for the go-ahead score, you know, and then when he even has an opportunity to come back and, you know, make amends for it, unfortunately, Allen Robinson steps out of bounds, and there's no more game to play after that, and Mitch can't do anything about it, so... You know, unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is. You're, you, after seeing Mitch now for four years, you know, he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt at this point, Howard. No, and nor should he. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, he understands that. This is a game about results. You got to yep. be able to make plays when they're needed. And, you know, those things didn't happen. And he's right. You know, the defensive the defensive players, they get paid too. They get to study game plans too. So, you know, it is unfortunate for him, but at the end of the day, you know, this is kind of just what his uh, career has been here in Chicago. Let's go on out to Belmont Cragen and say good evening to Todd. Todd, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffin and Jeff Miller. What's up, man? Oh, man, gentlemen, this team's such a joke. If I didn't know any better, I could see Bill Swirsky's super fans right now in one foot feet of snow picketing outside Soldier Field, talking about, hey, hey, ho, ho, Ted Phillips has to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Ted <laughs> Phillips has to go. Because none of his – that's how long it goes, gentlemen. Those that are old enough can relate to this. That's how long ago this has been with the same results over and over. He cannot pick GMs. The GMs cannot pick talent. We don't have no first string, no second string, no third string. Everybody else, they lose all their first string. Look at Pittsburgh. And they're young men, they step up. They step up because they know how to add, uh, pick out talent. 
we don't we don't have that guys we don't have that and and virginia stop paying stop paying these advisors to come show your kids how to play football they don't know football get rid of it hey hey ho ho to phillips has to go <laughs> todd thank you for the call my man um yeah, I mean, we've been over it at length here. I'll just keep rolling here, How I'll try and yes. slip in the last few callers here before we wrap things up. Let's go to Park Ridge. Nick, you're on the post-game show. What's up? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing well. Um, good, good, good. I'm surprised Mitch didn't call from last week. Uh, from looking at everything that happened this week, you know, this league has turned into an offensive league uh, in regards to just, like, flags or any penalties being called everything's favored for the office so as hopefully a new gm comes in i would relinquish mac and um get some salary cap back you know you you only have a few more years left to him um i would i would let him go and and then start there you know give yourself some breathing room to make some some positive changes nick thanks for the call you know those are also difficult decisions to be able to make but you know, if you're going to go uh, with the new GM, which, you know, I think the Bears would, would be wise to do, I think everything's on the table. You have to be able to explore all your options to try to not only get cap relief, but this is a team that, that needs players. So you need to be able to acquire players. And right now you don't necessarily have uh, the capital to be able to go out and do that. To Belmont Heights and Roy, Roy. What are your thoughts about today's loss? Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to give you some quick stat lines real quick. Prior to Mitch starting back at Green Bay, prior to that, Nick Foles and company had put up 10, 23, 17, and 13 points offensively, while their defense had given up 24, 26, 24, and 19. Mitch Trubisky, back in two games, he put up, what, 27, 28 on Green Bay and 30 today. I mean, where, where does it fall, fellas? I mean, I'm not blaming Mitch for everything, but 10, 23, 17, and 13, those are Nick Foles and company offensive numbers prior to Mitch coming back. And the defense prior to that, 24, 26, 24, 19, they gave up almost 50 to Green Bay and 34 to the Lions. I mean, Mitch, you can't blame everything on Mitch here, fellas. I'm sorry. You can't. Look at the numbers. They don't lie. Roy, thanks for the call. I don't, I don't think we've been blaming Mitch for, for anything. Well, I think what we've said is, it's difficult that Mitch is going to be viewed after this game by losing the football at the end. Mm-hmm. That's that, and that's where it is. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, if you've listened to us at all throughout the season, Howard's brought it up several times. You know, what is it, Howard? Like, there's, you know, you've mentioned about five big plays in every game. Yeah, five affordable turn, plays. Can, yes, and they turn the tide of the game depending on which direction they go. And that right there is undeniably one of them. Mitch not being able to hang on to the ball. And sure, the Lions made a play. But at the same time, you know what? You know, there's a lot There's a lot of good quarterbacks around the league. Like, you don't see Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers getting stripped of the ball in those critical moments inside the red zone. It just, I, I'm at a loss for remembering moments when those happen to them, you know? Like maybe it may happen to them, you know, at some point during the game. But in those moments when you're trying to kill the clock with or end the game with a first down, you know, it just doesn't tend to happen to the elite quarterbacks in the league. That's all. Yep, that's fair. Uh, Let's try Joe and Chesterton. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. uh, To 
kind of add on to the previous caller's comments, I feel like the beat writers for the Bears are out of their mind uh, blaming uh, Mitch for any of the uh, um, plays. I mean, that play, that strip sack, I mean, that, has, that happened to Russell Wilson. That has happened to Mahomes. That has happened to Watson uh, numerous times. I mean, my gosh. Like, that question of – Joe, 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 Joe. Joe, but the counterpoint is, it, it, listen, like, you're, you're – you, I'm not saying they never get strip sacked, but – in those moments in the final two minutes when you know that you're up, you know, there's a certain uh, football IQ that comes with it where you're saying, you know what, I can't get strip sacked in this moment. If anything, I need to get rid of the ball. It's a tough, I'm not like, you know, it's, un, you know, sure, every great quarterback will lose the ball in certain occasions, but the elites tend to know the moments where they cannot, they cannot be stripped of the ball. It's different if you're trailing and you're holding on the ball and you need to make something happen. That's a different scenario if, you ha- if you're in comeback mode. When you're just trying to kill the clock, you live to fight another day, and sometimes you got to be a little bit quicker with your release. You just, you just have to be aware of things like that. I don't know if I'm completely out of bounds there, Howard. What do you think? <laughs> no, but... I, think you, I think you're absolutely right. That's where it is. All right, you know, let's, wrap it up here with the, let's wrap it up here with our buddy Stephen in Columbus, Ohio. Stephen, thanks for your patience, my man. You get the final word here on the Miller Lite postgame show here on ESPN 1000. Thank you, guys. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. I think something has to change tonight or tomorrow. I don't care if Chuck Pagano is the only guy fired. Something has to be done. They need to get a head start in the, uh, you know, if Ryan Pace has to be fired, just like Jags fired Dave Caldwell last week, so be it. Something has to change that Bears have to get a head start in these changes that are uh, coming. Anyway. And, and more importantly, I think after the COVID, there are so many sports owners all around the world, including the McCaskies, they have to have a, have a major decision. You know, do they spend the money, keep chugging, or do they just sell the team and get out of it while it's, you know, when the, the price is still high? You know, they cannot bring Pace and Nagy next year as a reason for COVID and expect us to support this disastrous organization. Ted Phillips needs to be reassigned. I don't care if he's not involved in the football. Something has to change. That's all I have to say, guys. Thanks, Stephen, for the call. I, I can understand the frustration. I know people want to see change and they want to see immediate change, but I don't think whether the Bears make a move uh, tomorrow or they make a move at the end of the season, I don't think that's going to preclude them from being able to go get the general manager they need and the head coach that they need. Um, yes, in certain situations, timing is of the essence. I just don't see it that way right now for the Chicago Bears. Well said, Howard. I really uh, can't uh, add anything to that. So I think that's a perfect place to wrap it for us. Again, this is the Miller Lite Bears postgame show. We're with you for two hours after every Bears game. And so for the rest of the season, that means that it will be at the exact same time going forward. So after every Bears game, after every Bears kick at noon, going forward, we're here for you to vent, to, to uh, voice your frustrations. Don't forget to lock it in. Make sure you're tuned into ESPN 1000. I want to say thanks to our fabulous producer, Sean Davis. Also, Jeff Dickerson for popping on as well. Don't forget, coming up at 530, we've got Notre Dame Hoops. Notre Dame hosts Detroit Mercy. So that coverage begins at 530. So for all you Notre Dame Hoop heads out there, stick around. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeff Miller and Howard Griffith. Have a great evening. 
Thanks for listening to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov, the home loan experts, ComEd's energy efficiency program, and Harry's Razors. Bears Talk continues at 7 a.m. with Cap and Jay Hood on the new morning show on ESPN 1000. Ah.